G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway Podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host, Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost 60 kilograms or 132 pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about, what are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle. In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway. Enjoy the show. G'day, and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast. And this is episode 118. And just before we meet our exciting guest today, I wanted to thank everybody out there that's been buying my book, The Fasting Highway. Uh, it's a book about my own intermittent fasting journey. Uh, I lost 60 kilos or 132 pounds. Also, if you're trying to get started or you're on the journey, you want to get some extra motivation and get a bit of a step-by-step what to do when things may not go quite so well, uh, you'll find all that in the book. And again, you can get that on Amazon. Okay, let's get to today's guest. And I'm going to be speaking with Laurie Morton. And Laurie is from Laurel in Maryland in the United States of America. And Laurie is a retired elementary school principal. Laurie's had a few trials and tribulations with her weight in her life, and she's done a few programs to address that. And after losing some close family members, it really became the catalyst for Laurie's health journey. But here to tell us all about that today is the incredible Laurie Morton. Oh, g'day, Laurie. Welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Graham. But Laurie, for people around the world that may not know you or of your story, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the background uh, to that and sort of any problems you had with weight and health in your life and how you actually found your way to fasting. Well, I am 64 years old, soon to be 65. Um, I am a single woman. I, you know, have many roles in my life as a a daughter, sister, aunt, and a dog mom. Um, But my struggle with weight began really around middle school age. Um, When I was growing up, it was sort of the time when fast food became really big. And so um, my brothers, I had two older brothers, and they liked fast food and you know they were they had great appetites and I just kind of tried to keep up with them and so that's how it, it kind of started and um, I'm a, I love desserts and candy and so it just kind of once you get started on that it just kind of just it, over the years my weight continued to um, grow. And sort of how did you actually find your way to fasting Laurie? How did you find out about it? Well um Last year, well, last year during the pandemic, my weight went up and down and I was having trouble getting past a certain point. And I really had ballooned up to like 274. And I was very frustrated because I had been on a plateau prior to that, prior to my weight going up to 274, had been on a plateau for about a year and a half. And so um, I was concerned that my metabolism had 
got messed up and I was because I couldn't I'd get down a few pounds and I couldn't go lower and I, it was just like I'd go down a few go up a few go down a few and so I started I got on the internet and I did a search for about obesity and metabolism and through my search I came I, I ran into Dr. Jason Fung and the obesity code and so I actually um, purchased the book and I started reading it and it it what he was describing that was that happens to our bodies was exactly what was going on with me and so through that process um you know I read the book and learned about fasting you know about when to fast and you know the different protocols and so um that's how I got started I noticed in your bio you tried a lot of things in your life including many years with a well-known weight loss company that sort of thing how do you think that sort of, you know, altered the course of your life in terms of diet mentality and all that sort of thing affecting you before you looked into fasting? Um, I, you know, the weight loss program that I was a part of, it was helpful to me at, at different points in my life. And, and I kept coming back to that particular program. Um, but I, I just felt like something was missing, you know, that... Um, you know, I was doing all the right things, but nothing was, at a certain point, nothing was happening. So, um, but, you know, I listen to people talk about um, diet mentality and it's a lifestyle. That was a lot of what people in that program would say. It's a lifestyle. And, and I, I didn't quite get it completely. Um, but once I started intermittent fasting, I really felt wow, this is a lifestyle because this is telling me how to, not what to, but how to to eat and, uh, you know, to manage my food. And so I feel like this is something, intermittent fasting is something that I can do for, for the rest of my life. I truly believe that um, I can eat um, practically. I'm not going to say you can eat anything you want because if you do that, you're going to, you're going to find yourself in trouble. But if I eat a healthy diet, have a healthy diet, um, and, you know, and, um, not eat between meals and, um, not overdo it with, with the desserts and sweets, I think that I can manage my weight for the rest of my life. So how did you actually start? What was your protocol and why did you choose that protocol? Okay. So my protocol, I had actually maybe two protocols or, or possibly three. It depends on how you look at it. Because what I was trying to achieve was to lose the most as much weight as I could as quickly as possible was really what when I first started my mindset was. And so I, I kind of looked at the different protocols and I kind of thought, well, what's going to fit into my life? And so then I, when I started, I started like Monday through Fridays, I would do um, 20 and 4. You know, I would eat two meals in that tw in that four hour window, and I would skip breakfast. And then in the, in the middle of the day, I would have my first meal, and then four hours later, I would finish up that four hour window with my second meal. And then um, I also um, in the book it talked about. Uh, doing like a 36 hour fast. And so what I would do on Fridays, I would, um, when I finished, when my window closed, I would, I wouldn't eat until Sunday morning. And so that fast actually kind of went from 36 to 40 hours based on the timing of when I stopped my, my last meal. And then on Sundays, I wouldn't fast at all. I would eat three meals. So that when I first started, that's what I did. 
So I don't okay. know if you would call that three protocols or just that was what I did. So you were mixing it up a bit and trying different things out and seeing what finding your sweet spot and that sort of thing. So after starting like that and doing those three protocols, did you find one that actually struck a chord with you and you, you sort of stuck with that through the weight loss phase? Um, I'm still in weight loss phase, but what I, I recently, in the last three or four weeks, I decided to just go with 20 and four. Um, that seems to work best for me. Sometimes, depending, I'm pretty flexible though, depending on what's going on, I might eat one meal a day. Um, I might eat three meals. It, it depends on what's going on, but mostly, most days of the week, I'm eating two meals in that 20 hour, in that four hour window. So let's just talk about your stats for a moment, because I know people like to know that. And if you don't mind sharing, sort of when you started intermittent fasting, give us a time frame when you started. I know you mentioned you started there after putting the weight on during the pandemic. And also sort of where your weight was at when you started. Okay, so I'm um I'm five six um inches tall and when I started intermittent fasting I was two seventy four and um my heaviest weight though, I topped the scale at three oh five. And that was um twenty fifteen. It was it was right after I retired. And so that that was my heaviest point in my life. And so, um, but I started intermittent fast. I started, a, I tried, trying to lose the weight. I started in April. I was heavy. I was heavy. Well, I was, in April, I was 274. And I think when I started intermittent fasting, I was um, 250. I'm sorry, I was 259 when I started intermittent fasting because I lost about 15 pounds prior to starting intermittent fasting. Let's just run through your eating window and your eating style during this phase that you've lost this weight since you began fasting. Eat between noon and 4 p.m. and I eat two meals. What I try to eat is, um, what works for me is to eat um, a low-carb kind of diet, not extremely low-carb, but I um, I reduce the amount of bread because I'm, I'm a big bread eater. I love bread. And so um, that was, I was going down the bread path before. And so I pretty much, I might have bread once a week or so, but I try to, to limit that. Um, and, and pastas and things like that. I, I, I don't generally eat them, but I eat lots of lean meats, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables. Um, I try to eat high fiber fruit, um, and, um, vegetables as well. Um, I do treat myself once a week. Um, I have ice cream or a piece of cake. Well, I tell you, one of the things that I believe is that, you know, if you're going to do something for a lifetime, then you, I, I don't quote eat diet food. I, you know, I eat full fat. Um, I eat, you know, all kinds of meats. Um, I eat fish. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't like the processed foods. So I, I eat, try to eat whole, as whole foods, as, as many whole foods as possible. And do you feel since you started, Laurie, that you sort of reach for the more higher quality foods the longer you go with this from when you started? Are you now in that situation where you, you want that window to be as worthy as possible every day? 
I want it to be as worthy as possible. I want it to be something that I want to eat. I don't want to restrict myself with anything. So I kind of um, feel like, okay, um, what is it that I want to eat? And and I look over what I have in my home and um, or what I'm going to get at the market. What am I going to feel like eating this week? And I will stock my kitchen that way. And I do all my cooking. I, I cook most of the times. Um, I do. I eat a lot of salads, too. Um, um, and I, I, that's the one thing, if you talk about fast food, I, like there's a, a company here called Panera and their food, I mean, they make fabulous salads. And so I, I like to order um, one at least twice a week. Yeah, that sounds like a good type of fast food, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> nice salad yeah. through a drive-thru. That's, uh, that's amazing. I wish they had something like that here. but. When you shop, Laurie, have you noticed that your shopping uh, for groceries and that sort of thing has changed since you started? Yeah, I don't go down the cracker aisle anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's all really the outer part of the ship of the grocery store where the vegetables and the dairy and um, and frozen foods are. Um, I hardly go down the aisles with the candies and the, the crackers and all the carby aisles. Yeah, it's interesting. When I'm mentoring people and they say to me, Graham, I really want to cut down on my carbohydrates and sugar. Well, what's the best way to do it? And I say, well, firstly, when you shop at the supermarket or the big box store, as you call them there, shop around the perimeter or just as you said and keep out of the aisle and straight away you'll reduce your carbohydrates and sugar by 50 to 80% just by doing that. But Laurie, so let's move on now. We talk about the non-scale victories and the health benefits that come. And obviously, 58 pounds in a short period of time relatively since you started fasting. I just mentioned how well you look. How's the health benefits and the non-scale victories been for you? Well, I've had quite a few. Um, I One of the things that I was struggling with is like stiffness in my joints. Um, and my knees were giving me a problem. And since I've um, been fasting and have lost weight, um, I can, I don't, my knees, I, I don't feel any, um, I'm not afraid to go up and down stairs um, because coming downstairs, I was concerned that my weight might, you know, cause me, I had to step easy because I didn't want to do anything that was going to hurt my knees. And, um, also, like if I was in the car driving previously and when I go to get out the car, I, I could get out the car and everything, but I couldn't just get out and just keep on going and start walking. I would have to, you know, stand up and just kind of wait a minute, a moment, a few moments and then start moving because of the stiffness. And, and that's gone. That's completely gone. Um, another thing that um, another benefit is that I've had some lower back issues with, um, I have a, um, um, condition, um, the name is escaping me at this moment, but it's basically like a pinched nerve in my lower back. And so, um, that is very minimal now. I mean, it comes and goes. And one thing I noticed is that when I gain weight, I, I would feel more lower back aches. So, but right now I'm having very minimal aches in my back. Um, I'm no longer taking medication for high blood pressure. Um, I went in July, I went, well, late July, early August, I went for physical and I, I definitely had high cholesterol. And so when I went for my physical, my cholesterol was down 30 points, which was amazing. 
Another, um, of course, the obvious is wearing smaller clothes size. Um, and that's one of the things that was really intriguing to me because I definitely, I'm a daily wear. And, um, but one thing I was starting to notice visually is that it seemed like my body shape was changing in a way that it had never changed before. And so that, it, it was the impetus for me getting a um, tape measure and start measuring my body because through all of my weight loss journeys previously, I never really weight, I never really measured the different parts of my body. And so because I started noticing that my waist was getting, you know, it was, it was cinching in. And so I started measuring it and it's and my waist and the other parts of my body. And that's, what's been really amazing to me is the, the change in my body composition. Yeah, I think that's something that for a lot of us that does happen. And even when you hear people say, I haven't really lost a lot of weight. And I say to them, well, have you taken measurements? And they go, yeah, well, actually, come to think of it, I've lost, you know, four or five inches off my body. And I say, well, you know, that's a sign that your body is going into that recomposition phase. And even after you lose all the weight and you continue on with an intermittent fasting lifestyle, I really notice myself that when I look at myself in the mirror after I've had a shower, you can see my body still changing and still that autotrophy and process and, you know, the skin tightening up and that sort of thing. I was really lucky. I didn't have a lot of loose skin. Is that a, was that a problem for you, Laurie, with the loose skin, with the 58 or over 100 pounds? Um, the place, the area that I really notice the loose skin more is in my arms. And um, as I've been measuring down, they've gone down as well. I'm hoping that the autophagy, I'm hoping that that will, over time, I'm hoping that will tighten it up. I don't know. I mean, I, I work out, but I don't know if it will completely tighten up or not. But the arms is really where I'm most concerned at. Yeah, I had a bit of that myself. And um, over time, it, it has tightened up a fair bit, I've got to say. Um, but yeah, that was probably about the only part of my body where I really had it because I'm six foot five tall as well. I'm quite a tall guy. So I think that really helped. And I think if I was a guy that was, say, five foot seven carrying the same weight, I would have had a lot of problems with loose skin. But being extremely tall, I think that's really helped. But I mean, also with the NSVs and the health benefits, are you a person that exercises, Laurie? I do. I do. I have two pups and I've always done a lot of walking with them but um, I pretty much work out almost every day I do but one thing that's changed since I started intermittent fasting is I'm doing a variety of types of exercise because I, I usually would do like walking but I would also I have an elliptical in my home and I would get on that or on the treadmill and that's pretty much what I would do but um, I've been cycling on a, I have a bike and I've been taking that out and I also I started this this um, this winter I started going to Pilates class and so what I found is that you know when you when you get into an exercise routine I found I think it's best for me not to do the same exercise every day and so by doing the cycling by I go to a fitness center and, and I do some weight some weight strength you know strength training and so I what I found for me is that if I'm doing something different every day um I, then I'm doing something every day and so um and I actually I work out with a trainer twice a week, so um, that's it's, my game is upped. I, it definitely has upped. Did you get the message of the clean fast right from the start, or how did that work for you? 
Um, initially, I didn't clean fast in, because in Dr. Fung's book, he says, you know, you can have a little bit of milk in your coffee. And I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I, I can't drink coffee without milk. But um, when I, I actually got a copy of Jen Stevens' book, um, it was the Feast, Fast, Repeat. And so when I started looking at that and she had information in there about the clean fast, when I, particularly when I would do like the extended fasting, like the 36 hour fast, I found that drinking, because I was drinking herbal tea, but not just plain green tea, and I was getting hungrier, hungrier. And so when I saw the information about the clean fast, and when I just went to strictly green tea or black tea with no, without sugar or anything in it, I wasn't getting hungry. Um, during the extended fast. So um, I definitely clean fast now. So I mean, it probably was um, maybe two or three weeks in when I switched over to clean fast. Yeah, that's interesting. Quite a few people I've interviewed on this podcast have told me that when I switched from the dirty fast to the clean fast, how much easier the fasting was. And they weren't getting as hungry during that time. And I think some of what Dr. Fung says is a bit misunderstood too, because he does say that about having a little bit of cream in your coffee or something like that, but what he's dealing with in his clinic in Toronto there is patients that are 400, 500 pounds. So what he's getting at is he'd rather see those people actually use that as a, a crutch, if you like, uh, to be able to fast than not fast at all. And then once they get down their weight and that sort of thing out of that sort of very dangerous situation, he really suggests that the clean fast is, is the best thing for the autogyphy. I'll get that out in a minute. It's a very hard word to say. It is. And, yeah. And, but, yeah, I think that's the thing. The clean fast is definitely the message we like to share here on the Fasting Highway. And just for people listening, Laurie, just explain to them what is a clean fast in your book. Uh, for me, a clean fast is drinking um, just like really just drinking water, either flat water or sparkling water with no additives at all, um, no sugar, no cream in my coffee or my tea. Um, so that's what makes it clean for me. Did you find that your appetite was corrected through intermittent fasting or was it pretty much the same? It's a work in progress. Um, I definitely am more aware when I get full or I have a, a sensation to, to be full. I, I, as a, throughout my life, I'm sort of like a bulk eater. And so I, I, I was looking for that full feeling, but I, I didn't know when to really stop. And so one of the things that I also did was you know, I start eating and I was constantly eating until it's gone. And so one of the things that I've done is I take a lesson from people around me that are normal size. You know, they'll eat some, put the fork down, they're talking, they pick it up again and when they want some more. So I kind of have started trying to really correct my appetite and, and trying to recognize that I don't have to have that full feeling to be satisfied. Um, so I definitely eat smaller portions, but I'm just really looking at, right now I'm looking at what I'm eating and do I really need all of this? I'm trying to leave something on my plate at the end, um, but um I, I, I haven't found that sweet spot yet. We talk about struggles with intermittent fasting at times that we don't often hear a lot of people talk about. Was there any struggles for you on your intermittent fasting journey in the early stages? Or you mentioned here that you got hungry when you were dirty fasting, that sort of thing? 
Um, that was definitely one struggle. And the only other struggle that I felt, and it was sort of like when I had a, like, a, it was like 24 hour window, like one meal or a 36 hour window. I, I get cold. I get cold easily, easily now. Um, but during the 36 hour window, I would, I'm like, wow, it's cold in here. And I would, you know, put a comforter on or get under the covers. How's people's reactions been to you that haven't seen you for a while because of lockdowns and all that sort of thing? That must have been pretty crazy for you. People are like, "Wow, look at you! You look great." Um, I had—I don't usually post a lot on Facebook, but I, I had posted something recently, and I had a picture from when I retired and a, a current picture, and a lot of people, a lot of my friends were just amazed by it, and uh, they, you know, commented and 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 have asked me about what are you doing. Um, I've shared with a few former colleagues what I've been doing, and they've been trying it to, with varying results. Um, but one of the things that's kind of interesting to me, I've had a couple of people, like my my uh, mail carrier, she saw me one day a few weeks back, and she was like, wow, what's going on with you? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just, you know, working on losing weight. And, you know, she wanted to know what I was doing. And she was concerned, you know, oh, that's not healthy. And I was like, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's working for me. It's, it is, it is healthy. It's, it's, you know, there's research to support that it's, it's, it works. And, um, my, another person who, um, is really amazed by it is the nurse where I go get my allergy shots. And she, she's always asking me, what are you doing? Wow. Look at you. And every, I go once a month. So every time I go in and if I don't see her that month or next month, she's like, wow, you've lost more weight. You know, she's very interested. I've given her some of the books that I, the titles of the books that I've read. And I've actually like for my brother-in-law, I gave him a copy of, of your book, the fasting Holly, because he struggles with, um, like sugar addiction. But, you know, one thing I wanted to share, Graham, that's really kind of interesting. My brother, this has been over 30 years back in the 80s. He was he, he was overweight and he just decided, and, and I don't think we had ever heard of intermittent fasting at that point, but he just decided I'm going to just eat one meal a day and he would eat whatever he wanted and he lost over 130 pounds. And that's, that's over 30 years ago. So it's kind of amazing as we, you know, fast forward to now and, um, the fact that, cause I was concerned about him when he did that, but now I'm doing intermittent fasting and it's working for me. And now I truly understand it. You mentioned there people saying things like intermittent fasting is bad for you. And I always just say to them very gently, Hey, you know what? Carrying 360 pounds around is also very bad for me. And uh, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if I hadn't have done something about it. So maybe do some research and have a look into things and you might change your mind about that. But uh, Laurie, was there any also any negativity towards your lifestyle? I mean, you mentioned there are a couple of friends, but I mean, it isn't mainstream, is it? I mean, people talk about fasting being mainstream. I don't think it's mainstream yet. Not yet, but I definitely think it it is becoming it is starting to head in that direction. 
Um, because I, one thing I will say on the on that program that I've been part of, a lot of people are asking questions about intermittent fasting and uh, asking, do you are you doing that? Because it's intermittent fasting is really when you eat; it's not what you're eating. And so, um, you know, whatever. Like when you ask me, like, what am I? How do I eat? You know, however you eat, you know, coupled with fasting, uh, you you can find great success. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just don't know a lot of people that do it. I mean, when I think about it, my mum, she never used to eat breakfast. So she was by proxy doing a 16 and 8 way back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. So there is the odd exception where people do that. But I just don't think it's, you know, there isn't as many people out there as what we'd like. And that's why we do things like this podcast and talk to people like you and try to share stories by writing a book like The Fasting Highway or, you know, Jim Stevens' books or whoever they may be. And it's just sharing that message, Laurie. And I've interviewed dozens of people now and I've, I've read hundreds and thousands of posts on Facebook from different groups and people. And it's very convincing, the argument for intermittent fasting. But I think we've still got a long way to go. I think the research still has a long way to go. And often we talk about the health benefits and how it can reverse things like type 2 diabetes and that sort of thing. But I think we still need a bit more research, don't we? I think we do. And I think we just need to continue like, you know, places like your podcast is, is wonderful. And I share your podcast with others because um, you really – you. I've learned so much from listening to other people talk about their journeys and apply some of the strategies that they're using to my journey. Um, one of the biggest um, NS, NS non-scale victories for me is is my mental attitude about food and eating. Um, I have started, I started journaling at the start of my um, intermittent fasting and I set goals in my journal. I reflect on my week. Um, I feel that I can, that I can do this, that I'm being successful. And so it really, um, I, like I said earlier, I really understand that it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet because it's a diet is really what you eat. Um, but my mind, I have definitely shifted. Um, and I, when you think about setting goals, I had set some goals for a weight that I wanted to be and prior to intermittent fasting. And I, I set that goal saying, yeah, I can get there, but I truly, I really understand after the fact that I don't think I mentally thought I could really get there. And so, um, but now I've gotten to that goal and I'm, I've surpassed it. And so I'm, I've, I have about 10 more pounds that I want to, to, to lose. Um, but I, I know I can get there. I truly know that I can get there. And that's, that's a big shift for me. Do you find that you feel like that you're finally in peace with food now and with intermittent fasting? I do. I do. Because I, throughout my life, I've been a stress eater. And, you know, in life, we're going to have stress. And now, if, if there's stress in my life, I don't, I don't look for that quick fix, that, that, that sugar rush, you know, I, because I know that, that that's not going to solve the problem. That's not going to, that's going to create another problem. And so, um, I, I definitely, I, I, I'm doing different things and in, in, I'm, I'm meditating. Um, I listen to a, a calm app. 
Um, I listen to the podcast. They, you know, they're encouraging. I read like in the Facebook group. I, I look at the, the postings and all of those things are helpful to me to, to keep me moving forward. So what sort of advice do you give to people when things don't go to plan? Because we often find people beat themselves up, don't they? Particularly when it comes to a Monday after a weekend. Right. I think I think the the thing that you have to do is really, you know, when we're human, we're not perfect. And when you things don't go according to how you want or if you overeat something, you know, just reflect on it, forgive yourself and just move on. Because if you continue to perseverate and run that over and over and over in your mind, you, it's going to take you down a, a dark path. So I think it's important to um, recognize what you, you know, what you're, what, what happened, what you did, or, you know, or what didn't happen. How can I change this in the, for the next time when I'm confronted with this situation? And then how do I move forward? Just you, you got to move forward. You just got to take it. A, a, I, my motto is take it a day and a meal at a time. Well, Laurie, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been to talk to you today. I, I find you a very inspiring person. And I know that this podcast is going to motivate a lot of people around the world. And so just some final words of motivation and advice. If you were, you were standing around with some friends or something at a party talking about intermittent fasting and they said, hey, Laurie, how do we get started? What would you tell them? I would tell them to read some books. I would tell them to read The Obesity Code. I would tell them to read your book, The Fasting Highway, and I would tell them to read um, Jen Stevens' book, Fast Feats Repeat, because you get the science from Dr. Fung, you, you get more of the how-to and you get um, how to do it from um, Jen Stevens in terms of what works and what doesn't work, the dirty fasting, and you see, um, you hear stories from other people who've, who've, who've been in, in fasting, and then through your book, you get to see the whole journey. You get to see you know, this is where I started. This is, you know, what my life was like. This is what I did. This is how I'm managing it. So you get the full spectrum. And, and I would also encourage them to listen to podcasts uh, as well and, um, you know, join the Facebook. But I think like in starting, once you get all this information, you got to have the information, you need facts and you need to know how to go about it. But I think the important thing is, is that what, protocol works for me or works for you may not be the protocol that's going to work for that person. You know, you have to structure your fasting um, around your lifestyle, around your schedule. And so in order for it to work, that's what I would definitely try to get across. Yeah, I think that's great advice, Laurie. Really great advice, actually. But also you mentioned there that you're heading towards maintenance now and you got, you're sort of thinking you need 10 more pounds. And often I say to people, I get to that point where oh, I think I've got 10 pounds or 5 pounds to go or 3 pounds. And they get quite tied up about it as well. And sometimes our bodies get to that set point where they just go, hey, really happy you're here. Um, we think that's where you need to be. So it's important to realize that if you've done so well getting to that point and you think you've only got a few to go, then maybe you, you might or, or you might not get to that exact point. But when you get to maintenance, you just have that range where you want to be. Well, I find you have a goal range rather than a set number because right. if you go off that set number, then you start getting a bit you know haywire with yourself, whereas you have that goal range, give yourself a bit of grace, you're okay. So is maintenance something you, you sort of been thinking about, being this close? 
Uh, I am thinking about it. Um, I, I I think part of me changing my fasting protocol to just 20 and 4, I think for every day, I think that's kind of leading me towards that maintenance. Um, but I know that, you know, it can, you can be flexible, you know, um, but um, I'm wondering... You know, I'm I'm just wondering how to navigate it a little bit. I'm, but I think I, I know that I will be fasting. I know that what's worked for me is not that constant eating between meals, and so I, I won't go back to that. Um, it's just a matter of what what my protocol is going to be. Yeah, I think it is maintenance, as I mentioned before, is a totally different mindset. And we do have a podcast coming up. Uh, okay on maintenance where I'll be interviewing two or three people on a panel and we'll be talking through that about sort of the traps and pitfalls. I always ask people, Laurie, it's going to be fun for you clothes shopping, I guess, um, coming out of the pandemic now. I'm looking forward to it, actually, I um, because I know the clothing that I wore last summer is not going to work. And so um, I don't live too, not too far from New York, so I'm hoping to get up to New York and do a little shopping up there. Um, but I'm, it's it's interesting because I'm, I've done some mail order um, shopping and the size that I thought I, I, I was, it's too big. And so I've had to size down. So I'm I'm looking forward to doing some shopping as as we transition to spring. And um, but it's 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 amazing. I mean, it's because I look in the mirror and I and I, I've taken all kinds of photos and I, I talk about measuring. And it's just sometimes I catch a glimpse of myself and I'm like, who is that? You know, or I, I just it's like the the body recomposition. That's the biggest wow. That, that That's where my when I look at myself, that's what I see. I'm like, wow. And, and so I'm I wonder how people see me. You, you know, that haven't seen me for a while because we're just, we're starting to really come out of the pandemic now and, you know, people are going to stop wearing masks and, and so it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And I look forward to talking to you again after you've been in maintenance for a while, maybe in six or 12 months we'll have another chat because people like to follow up these po- podcasts. We're going through that process now, but thank you for joining me here on the Fasting Highway. Thank you, Graham. I've enjoyed it so much. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Laurie. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, thank you so much, Laurie. Absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I really loved that mindset that you displayed throughout the episode there, and you had such a great attitude towards your fasting journey. And I think you're going to be extremely successful maintaining it for many years to come and live your best life. So thank you very much for joining us today, Laurie. It was great. Okay, folks, uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, if you are interested in my own journey, uh, you can find out about that in my book, The Fasting Highway, uh, which you'll be able to get on Amazon in both paperback and Kindle. Uh, If you are in Australia or New Zealand, you can actually get that from the website at www.thefastinghighway.com. But anyway, folks, until next week, Be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.